On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we are joined by guest Mr. Lutz. He's the head of CBA's digital network, the social media director for CBA, and a CBA alum himself. And we're going to be getting into some NFL post-draft discussions, as well as a little bit of NBA playoff talk. Let's get into it. I really do. I really got it. Ain't no secret to it. If I did it, then I had to do it. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode, the last episode at CBA while we are seniors of the Senior Quotes Podcast. So a pretty bittersweet episode, but we're excited to get into it. I'm your host, Aiden Broderick. I'm joined by Jack Coleman, and as you heard in the intro, Mr. Lutz, how are you doing today? Well, it's an honor. Yeah? It's an honor <laughs> to be on the last one. I've been listening a lot of the year. You guys have done a really, really good job. You guys should be really proud of what you developed here because it definitely is something special. Keep at it because it's going to be, it's, it's a talent you guys had and keep expanding on it because you guys have done a great, you guys have helped me out with the digital network. Yeah. These two guys, the <laughs> these guys have been some of the best play-by-play and color commentary guys that we've had in our young careers as uh, digital network. You know, digital networks are in the second year this year, uh, but you guys have been a big part of it. So thank you for helping me with that. And no I know it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah set the bar high for uh, the future. I know, I know. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> you guys leave. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that was so much fun. I'm glad that this podcast kind of got us that opportunity there. So that was a blast. And um, I'm really excited to get into this episode because Jack mentioned the draft happened last week. We've hyped it up for months. It's always been a topic. And now we've got a lot of different topics to talk about inside of it. So we were very excited about that. Um, We'll definitely discuss our favorite team, the New York Giants, a little bit, but I'll let Jack get into his first quote, whatever he's okay. got. Yeah. Uh, this one's pretty easy. It was talked about a lot in sports media, so this is from the draft. I know okay. quote. There were nine mistakes ahead of me. So who said it? What's it about? Pretty easy. Well, um, luckily I do know who the 10th overall pick was, but this is pretty uh, easy. It's the, card- the new Cardinals quarterback, Josh Rosen, UCLA. Uh, a hot topic on our show for sure because we thought the Giants could possibly take him at number two. And uh, yeah, um, you want to talk about him? Yeah, so yeah. I just want to. I really like Rosen coming out of the draft. I think he's now placed in a position where he's most primed to succeed. I think he has a real solid team around him. You know, he has a veteran like Larry Fitzgerald to be throwing yeah. to. He has uh, David Johnson as a back to take some of that pressure off him. A great defense with the Cardinals too. I think that's a real solid team. And coming out of the draft, I'm thinking Rosen is looking like the most likely to succeed out of all the quarterbacks who got drafted. That's a bold statement. Yeah, I think right? It's a hot take. Starts a hot take. take. And I think one of the things you got to think about when in these drafts is that what kind of culture they're going into yeah. and what kind of media culture. Because, listen, the media is the toughest thing nowadays. The Arizona media is obviously not the New York media. Which right? is awesome for them. And so yeah. that'll definitely help them. It'll give them a little bit of a sh- kind of a shadow to develop because you see it with Jared Goff. You know, like mm. he didn't have the Carson Wentz uh, media around him. Yeah. And he had a year where he struggled a little bit, wasn't on a great team, but then he came back. And when he actually started performing well, he, he got the positive media and people kind of got on his bandwagon. But imagine yeah. if Carson Wentz struggled right away, which he didn't. I'm an Eagles fan, full right, disclosure. Right. No worries. Pretty no pumped <laughs> we're, on Carson Wentz. fan friendly a little yeah, bit. I mean, yeah, we got Quinn. <laughs> Nick Foles, he's, he's the man. Yeah. But Carson Wentz, I mean, he's the future. And he definitely had a lot more media around him than Jared Goff. So I think you look at Darnold, who went to the Jets. Right. You know, he's going to have a lot 
of media around them. And obviously, anyone who goes to Cleveland, and Baker Wayfield kind of brings the media to them, mm -hmm. but anyone who goes to Cleveland nowadays is going to get a lot of media. So we'll see how Rosen develops kind of in the shadow in Arizona, which might right. be the best thing for him. So I agree with that. you brought up Darnold, and that's kind of why I wanted this quote because okay. I felt like it introduced a lot of quarterback talk. Okay. I'm, I'm assuming we may get into some more later, but I thought that Darnold going to the Jets, it, I mean, I think Darnold was the number one that, uh, quarterback in this draft potentially, but because he went to the Jets, I'm not sure about that right now. I think whoever went to the Jets was going to end up having a tough time, whether it be him, Baker Mayfield, um, or even Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah. And I think that now that Josh Allen got drafted by Buffalo, I think that further cements him as my bust. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I had him, yeah. whether it be the Browns or the Jets, I thought that would be a bust, but realizing he's now even worse off on the, on the Buffalo Bills, I think okay. he's worse off than in Cleveland. I actually think Baker Mayfield is going to do all right in Cleveland. That's a young team. They're looking pretty good. Um, yeah. Go there was an interesting stat about Josh Allen. When he played Power 5 conferences last year, he was, I think he threw about one touchdown and nine, eight or nine interceptions. Yeah, he's a bust. And I so Buffalo, Buffalo, you know, it's going to be interesting because if you haven't seen anybody develop out of Buffalo, they do have LaShawn McCoy, who had a really good season last year, but he's, he's definitely – He's definitely hit his peak already, so he's not on the upside of his career. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how he develops. But you know, I wouldn't be confident anybody goes to Buffalo. I mean, yeah, I think Darnold yeah. has more of a chance in, in, in New York I agree. because he, I think, he's a better player. And I think that you know, but it's going to be tough for him with the Jets because the Jets have struggled the last couple of years to maintain yeah. talent. And kind of even develop talent. Right, they've been great developing defensive talent with a defensive-minded co uh, coach like Todd Bowles because you've got like Leonard Williams on the line, Jamal Adams, who's a beast at safety. So I think the Jets do have some young talent. Um, and I, I fortunately, alongside the ball, for right? Him. Exactly, exactly. So Darnold's going to have a tough situation. I mean, the Jets, to be fair, they got Isaiah Crowell. They did some stuff this offseason to try to improve the team, and I don't think they're going to be a bottom five team this year. I think they'll. At least do something. I no no chance they get to the playoffs this year with a developing quarterback. But one concern I'm going to bring up about Baker Mayfield, who I do like, is he's going to a team led by Hugh Jackson, who's won one game. Which I mean, he's had a tough situation, but he just seems like he could be part of the problem in uh, Cleveland. This, this new GM, John Dorsey, did a lot of great stuff this year to make Cleveland almost look like a competitor. And I know that's a stretch um, for sure, but they've brought in a lot of talent, including Jarvis I think this Landry. year they're going to be a lot better. First of They'll all, the bar is set very low. Exactly, which you, is great. You only need to win, like, what, like two games, three games, and you're already, like, <laughs> yeah. on the road to greatness. So, I mean, I think Baker coming into this team, the players he has around him, it's really solid. And I agree. I think the coaching situation is real rough. I yeah. think they should have got rid of him at the end of last year, start all, all anew, all fresh, and come into this year looking for you know a better season. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe the reason they didn't fire him is because it wasn't his fault that they'd only won one game. Like, they just did not have any talent on the roster. But it just, like, why carry him over with the new GM? You have a new GM, let him bring in his coach, unless he sides with Hugh Jackson. And now you have a new quarterback. Right. Who, you know, you'd be interested to see how. I mean, Hugh Jackson. This is going to be his last year if he doesn't. So. If he doesn't no, perform, I'd say. You know, Coleman was yeah. right when he said you win three games, you look at his success. You know, I don't think if you think if he doesn't win three, four games, oh. he's out because it's really hard to keep replacing coaches, and they've kept That's replacing true, coaches. Yeah. So at some point, you got to hold on. You know, in any coaching profession, whether whatever sport it is, you let that guy ride a little bit because you're like, we can't just keep overhauling the whole franchise. Right. So 
But yeah, I would agree that this is it for him. If he doesn't, you know, not that Baker Mayfield's going to be an all-star right away. I mean, I don't know if he starts right away because they definitely they got Tyra just Taylor. got Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. So maybe Tyrod Taylor starts, and then Baker Mayfield jumps in when Tyrod inevitably struggles. So right. In terms of quarterback uh, in team matchups, th- this kind of brings it back to Rosen, like sure. fighting for that starting spot. We also have Bradford on that team, Sam yeah, Bradford, Bradford yeah. that Rosen has to go up against. I mean, not that I don't think Rosen will eventually take that team over, but Rosen is definitely a player who could start right away. So it's going to be interesting to see that relationship with Bradford. Yeah, ironically, I think Josh Allen is in the best situation for him to start week one, which is funny because he's probably the rawest of those what top about four quarterbacks. Who's Darnold's going to have to compete with Josh McCown, Josh who's McCown. resigned, and Teddy Bridgewater if he's healthy. Yeah, they actually true. have five quarterbacks on the roster right now. So it's pretty much inevitable that Hackenberg and Bryce Petty will both be cut. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Teddy Bridgewater started Week One because he has yeah. a lot of talent. You know, obviously he had a pretty freak injury, but right. he has the most talent. You know, right off the bat, I could I could see Baker starting Week One too. Not for the Browns. I mean, that's going to bring in money. You unleashing that entire roster first week, you want right. to show it off. I there, think he I think he makes the start. Week yeah, there will be a QB competition, so I, I don't think it's out of the question that Mayfield starts. But if I had to predict that, I'd say Taylor's going to start for the Browns. Josh Allen's going to start for the Bills unless they sign some veteran QB who's out there still. I don't really know what else they'd do. Um, for the Jets, I think I'll agree with Bridgewater. I think if Bridgewater's not healthy come week one, Josh McCown's going to get the nod unless Darnold has a great preseason. And then with the Cardinals, I think it's definitely going to be Rosen. I think it's um, Rosen too. I think he's going to win it past Bradford. And I'm really excited to see him because we were saying he may be the most NFL-ready quarterback in this class. Maybe not the highest ceiling, but with a guy like Larry Fitzgerald leading your QB, uh, wide receiver core, excuse me, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, it's a good situation to start your career in. Um, First Sam Bradford. Yeah, he yeah, can't find it. He can't catch a ball. Former number one overall pick. Yeah. yeah, you know he got he was on the Eagles when they drafted Wentz and they right. shipped him. You know they didn't ship him right out, but yeah. they definitely were looking that whole summer to get rid of him because and that's a that's a you know going back to my Eagles. Right. You know <laughs> Wentz. They put Wentz in week one, and it turned out to be a tremendous decision. Yeah. Because not that the Eagles were – I think they were either 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9 and nine that year. Um, but they yeah. – he developed tremendously. And then you saw year two, he was automatically top 10 quarterback, yeah. approaching top five yeah. in his performance before he got injured. So He competed for the MVP this yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. So just to wrap up, uh, this was something I found cool. The NFC West right now has the youngest group of quarterbacks leading it because you have – Russell Wilson as the oldest at 29. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. So that's really that's going to be exciting. And what? Jared Goff, Josh Rosen, and um, who are we missing? We're missing. Oh, jeez, Niners. So Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo. is like Who's, 26. Yeah, yeah, he's right below Wilson. Yeah, I'm excited for Jimmy G. But let's uh, I let's mean, get into our. Bust. Uh, okay, well, we'll we'll get into <laughs> our second. There's a lot of hype around. Yeah, here. yeah, there definitely is. I'm gonna get into my first NFL draft quote. It's another short one. They're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. Now, this is pretty vague, but this was doesn't part... That, doesn't everybody say that when they get yeah, drafted? Think so. <laughs> yeah. This is like a meme. So I'll give you a hint. Like, though. I'd give you this. No, I know. I know. This is um, a revenge the, game. The only reason... I'm, Talk about it a little bit. And then I'll I'm going to... I'm just going to go with my gut and just say Saquon just because he was the only one I had really heard talking about championships out of this whole yeah. class. I feel like it, it's, it's everyone, vague, though. It's a big so. quote, but it's the last episode, so I kind of want to like help you a little bit. It's not Saquon. My hint was going to be it's a quarterback. Oh, okay. So I'll give you a half point. They're going to get Super Bowls out of me. They're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. It was part of his rant because he thought he was picked later than he should have been. Oh, so is this Rosen again? It's Lamar Jackson. 
Oh, yeah. Who was just snuck into the yes, first round, yes. thanks to the Eagles trading that pick. And I was going to bring that up because I was talking to a few of my Eagle fan friends today about how genius of a move that was by uh, GM Howie Roseman to see Lamar Jackson falling. Obviously, the Eagles didn't need another quarterback. And I'm sure they had multiple phone calls, not just from the Ravens, yeah. who wanted to pick him right there. Not let him drop to 34, where the Giants, who I, I called the Will Hernandez pick at that point. I thought that's what we needed was an O-line. I think it's a better pick. To be yeah, but it seemed pretty uh, possible that we'd take Jackson there. But so. do you know what happens if you get picked in a first round? You get an extra option right, on the fifth year. Right. So that's important for the team. If Lamar yeah. Jackson's good, yeah. that is a slam dunk. Right. Now, Baltimore is a, a funny place because Joe Flacco has been one of those – just tremendously average quarterbacks yeah. <laughs> who gets way more credit than he ever deserves for winning he got the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, right. yeah. He's one of the, now. I think Joe Flacco is a good quarterback. I think he was definitely you know I think he's good. He's not top right. not top five for sure. Probably not top ten. But he's definitely serviceable and he does well if he's got pieces around him. But he's right. one of those guys who's just been like almost waiting for somebody to take his job. Yeah, and this yeah. might no, be that, time. that yeah, this I might be that agree. shot. How many, he's had 10 seasons in the NFL. Um, How many uh, pass interference calls gone his way? That's the number. That's the number we want. With yeah, that. he's a Super Bowl champion, but yeah, his QB rating 84 in his career, not great, not terrible, really just average and serviceable for a quarterback. I think that's. Uh, and they've always had a good defense in Baltimore, yeah, which has helped them. That's so. what they're defined by. But the last few years with like Terrell Suggs and those like uh, key parts of the defense retiring, I mean. You've seen the, the offense needs to step it up, and they haven't been able to do so. So I think the Ravens are a team that's going to start looking to the future. To pick Lamar Jackson, who is another quarterback, I don't think he's going to start week one. I think Flacco will have it. But that's exciting for uh, I, I'm not even sure if Lamar starts this year at all, really. I don't think so. I, I think yeah. Flacco may have a year or two left. Let Lamar develop. That might be the best thing for Lamar, too. Because oh, Lamar is definitely – I do not think he is NFL-ready as is because he's one of those guys who – Runs a lot, takes a lot of hits, and that, like, you yeah. see in the NFL with these guys now, running a lot and not being a pocket passer definitely doesn't help you. Yeah, it's like RG3 to me. Yeah. Besides Rosen, I'm really thinking oh. that Lamar Jackson is kind of in the best position out of, sure. out of all the quarterbacks. Well, hold on. I just, I just thought of a comparison. RG3 was the guy who used to run all the time and got took way too many hits. I think against the Ravens is when he hit, had his first major injury. He's with the Ravens now, too, and I don't think he's going to start, but – is that that's another really good tutor for Lamar Jackson to have. He's yeah. got Flacco for developing the passing game, but RG3 is someone he can learn from who plays the same style as he does. Yeah, my only problem with Lamar's running game, and I've said this a couple times before here, is that he like spins too much. Okay. And that, that in college he could get away with, but come time in the NFL he'll get absolutely lit that's up an with ACL that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's the so injury that can, RG3 can, Yeah, so if he can fix that, develop that, maybe even learn from RG3's mistakes, yeah. I think Lamar's going to be a very, very good quarterback. And RG3 is another poor guy. I say poor RG3 because the, the Redskins yeah. totally oh, mishandled yeah. him. No, that and, was hard. And he definitely was talented, and I know he got hurt, but the Redskins the Redskins are a terrible organization right now, and they totally killed that guy's career. I'd agree with that, yeah. And I, I remember at the I was watching the second round of the draft, and Justin Tuck comes out, or somebody for the Giants is like, you know, best organization in the league or whatever. And the Redskins guy who comes out later is like, you know, oh, to correct my Giants counterpart, the Redskins are the best organization. I was like, I don't know about that. Honestly, Snyder yeah. is the, just a the, no. the, the NFC East right now is really, after this draft, I thought the Cowboys did 
didn't do a great job. No. I mean, it, it's uh, really looking like a Giants-Eagles matchup. But no, because – all right, all right, all right. So we've had this discussion off the show. I don't think the Giants are near ready for a playoff You keep saying run. that. And I'm he all for the Giants. Way I think they're a playoff team this and, year. And I think we can all agree in this room that we dislike the Cowboys the most oh, of yeah, anybody. Yeah, of course. But yeah. I, I don't know – I'm I'm interested <laughs> to see how Eli bounces back. I hope he does. Because I think that's what it comes down to. If he plays well, he does it because he man he throws a lot of interceptions. Yeah. But if he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions and they can get the running game going, which he never had, never just had. And so maybe with you know like Brandon I you know like maybe. and I don't, and I like Eli. Like he's a good, very above average. You know, MVP of the Super Bowl quarterback. True. You know, and he just has no, had no help. And then the whole Odell situation is like, I wish that, you know, there's sometimes where you see these guys who are really talented and they just don't shut up. And he should just shut up, play, because he is very good. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, bringing up Odell, I think we need to get that whole contract situation figured out now. Let Not let that become front page news. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, yeah. take care of it now. We obviously want him. We want him for the long run. Take care of it now. Get it done. Come into the season fresh. Whole new roster. Yeah. We, I think to finish off that conversation, Odell, as talented as he is, can be a distraction. And I know there's people who think we should get rid of him for that. No way, because he is a generational talent. He just needs to figure that out. I'm hoping with the new coaching staff and Pat Shermer and co. And Gettleman as well, who doesn't seem like a guy who has any time for that sort of stuff. Um, I'm hoping he does get his act together. And Saquon Barkley seems like a good character. You know, like I'm, I'm happy to have well, him. As well, not just that would say. I mean, obviously the locker room culture that he's bringing in, but besides that, we now have. I, I heard a lot of talks about how Saquon can also act uh, as a strong blocker too. Sure. How he can also we can put him in at the slot as a receiver too. Just, yeah. just to change things up. It's not like he's you know Sterling Shepard or anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, it's a real solid pick that opens up the offense for Eli, and then I think right. he'll get his running game going too. And to finish that initial thought about who you know. You know, I think the Eagles make the playoffs again. I don't oh, yeah. know if they're as I good. I because I think they come, I think everybody who wins the Super Bowl comes down to earth a little bit. Yeah. So maybe yeah. they won't be thirteen and three again. Maybe they'll be eleven and five. Yeah. I think that there's a good chance that That's there's a good. second team in the in the playoffs from the NFC East. It's either the Cowboys or the uh, the Giants. Right. And I, I can't think say being the Cowboys. I think though. they're nine and seven, maybe ten and six. Yeah. You know, I honestly think that. Um, Prescott in in Dallas is a really average quarterback. Yes, me too. I completely People agree. People overhyped him this like this crazy. So I overhyped him agree. like crazy that first year. Ezekiel Elliott, he's yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah. He helps take the load off. But you saw last year when he didn't have Ezekiel Elliott. He, I mean, I remember the game against the Eagles. The Eagles won thirty four to six. Prescott couldn't get the ball down the field. And see, this was my reasoning for why I love the Saquon pick. Because I thought back to Zeke, and I thought uh, Zeke took a lot of pressure off Dak, and sure. I think if, he can, if Saquon can uh, do the same thing for Eli, I think Eli is a much better quarterback than Dak will ever be. I so agree. I think that in the long run, this season, maybe even next season, Eli can look not necessarily elite, but yeah. enough to get the Giants into Dak the Dak is an overwhelmingly average quarterback. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. All right, I do have a Giants quote coming up, so we're going to save that. Okay. I just, before we get into your next one, I have one more point. And it's that last season was a little bit wacky in the NFL. A lot of injuries, especially Aaron Rodgers to the Packers. We had the Cowboys suspension thing with Zeke. And it was a perfect situation for the Eagles to come out and just emerge as the favorite. Because even with Wentz going down, they were still the favorites for the Super Bowl. Um, Well, maybe not the favorites at that point, but when they showed that they could still play, it was pretty obvious that they were going to make that run. 
Um, as an Eagles fan, I was a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, trust Nick me, Foles, I know Nick Foles could play, but right, I was a little right. nervous. We heard all about it from Quinn, yeah. <laughs> but um, at the same time, I do think that they've retained their roster pretty well. A lot of uh, Super Bowl winning teams, like you said, they come down to earth. They lose a lot of their players in free agency. Um, the Eagles retain their roster and added players, such as Michael Bennett, who will be interesting off the field, but he's a force on mm-hmm. the defensive line. Scary as a Giants fan, because if he's lining up against Eric Flowers... That's the three Eagles sacks. Defensive <laughs> Eagles defensive yeah. line scary. It's insane. It's so real scary. That's that's something to watch out for. If we had to make prediction now, I say Eagles take the NFC East. Giants, I'm gonna say they're gonna be between six and ten and nine and seven based off of Eli's performance. I'm, I'm going ten and six. All right, I like that enthusiasm, but we have taken a lot of time on this one quote. So please get into your next one, Jack. All right, uh, another draft quote. Okay. His bend, the way he wastes no movement coming off the ball. That's something I tried to implement this past year, and I feel like I did. And I'm ready to keep learning from it. Ooh, interesting. Okay, so yeah. you want maybe one point for, or half point for who said it, half point for who he's learning from? This yeah, guy. yeah. Um, Who he's talking about. Interesting. Not a quarterback, that's for sure. Um, I do want to just say, like, can you read it one more time? His bend, the way he wastes no movement coming off the ball. That's something I tried to implement this past year, and I feel like oh. I did. And I'm ready to keep learning from it. Okay. It's um, it's Bradley Chubb about Bob Miller. Yep. Nice. Perfect. Uh. I just want to talk about this because I had thought that the Browns would take Bradley Chubb at four. Ended up going to yeah, the Broncos, which yeah. is, to me, personally frightening. I, yeah. think, I think the Broncos' D is terrifying, adding him in there with Von Miller. Then I also think that now that Case Keenum is there, I'm not necessarily sold on the whole Case Keenum thing, but having him in there throwing now and guys like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders who are waiting for that true quarterback yeah. to come back yeah. – I think that this is a team that could very well bounce right back into the playoffs this year. Yeah, I think the question mark with Case Keenum is, was he the reason the Vikings did so well, or is Pat Shermer helping him to do better? You know what I mean? Like, how much was the coach, how much was the quarterback? Um, but Keenum's definitely a talented guy, more talented than Trevor Simeon and whoever yeah. else the Broncos were putting oh. out there. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, we're talking about scary pass rushes. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on the same team is frightening, like yeah. you said. Um, I was uh, taught when we talked about Bradley Chubb, uh, pass rusher from NC State. There were comparisons to Miles Garrett, kind of, because he's at the top of the class. Mm-hmm. I said he was not nearly as talented as Garrett, but still, this guy was. I heard a lot of talk that people were saying he was better than Garrett. That's kind of. I think that's a little. I don't agree with that. <laughs> and then he was the though. best player in in the draft. The Everyone draft. was hung up on all the. Well, QB people talk. said people said the Giants should have taken him at two. Some people did. And uh, I didn't agree I don't with that think so. because that's a, that was a re- that's a reach. Yeah, yeah no, because no. he's an edge rusher, maybe. The Giants are switching to a 3-4 uh, defense, and that means three linemen are on the interior. So if anything, Chubb would have been an outside linebacker yeah, rushing. I, I don't think it would have did fit not the scheme. That working. But um, you're right. Should the Browns have taken him at four? They took Denzel Ward, a cornerback who was arguably the best defensive back in the draft. But it was one of those surprising Cleveland picks where we thought they couldn't screw up one and four. And it was just strange. Not that they screwed it up. We can't say that Taking yet. Taking a cornerback that high is, is, is definitely yeah. a risk mm-hmm. because... I don't know. They're just such a tricky player to get right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the defensive linemen, you know, the linebackers, defensive linemen, they're more of kind of a slam dunk because of their explosiveness, their aggressiveness. The cornerback's such an art to play. Yeah. And you see a lot of people flame out. And even if they are good, they flame out quick. You see people like Asante yeah. Samuel yeah. or Nominee Osmond. Those yeah. guys were really, really good for a period of time, three, four years, and then they just – just disappear. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, that, yeah. I, I actually think that it was – so besides the Baker Mayfield pick with the Browns, I think that that 
fourth pick was the one where the draft really started to take form. Yeah. Because I felt like at that point, everyone was kind of sure about the Giants going to take one, and we knew that Jets would take a quarterback. Right. So from then on, it was really all up in the air about like who was left, what was left. So, I mean, yeah. this is the pick that basically defined the no, draft. You're right. It was definitely a domino effect. I had Chubb going to the Browns. I had Quentin Nelson going to the Broncos mm-hmm. with, with Denzel Ward hopping over Chubb. Then you see those two picks go down one. I think the Colts get a steal with Quentin Nelson, best O lineman in the draft by, uh, by, yeah, far. by far. But then you're you already, did already saying Hall of Fame. That's a little. You can't. The problem is, I always wonder how you judge offensive linemen for the Hall of Fame. Like, <laughs> no, I agree. They have yeah, no yeah. stats. No, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's like a product it. of the team they play for almost. Yeah. You know, like, and hey, local guy, I hope he unrooted yeah, for him. Yeah, RBC you know, grad. Uh, for him. Worked out like 10 minutes away from my house. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, that is pretty cool. I'm, I'm interested in seeing, but, yeah. first of all, Luck coming back in, into that situation. Hope he comes back. It, yeah, exactly. If he I'm not too sure he will. Yeah. There's some honest. weird reports out there that say, like, certain doctors say, like, he might never play again. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Uh, and he was really good. And that's another another example of mismanagement there. And that was another... I, I was that. I was interested to see if maybe the Colts would take a QB. Did they here. at all? Did they at all? Maybe later. They have a draft, lot of money up in yeah. Andrew Luck right now. Yeah. yeah. Big contract. So. Uh, crazy set of the day. Um, since the Colts cut Peyton Manning and uh, drafted Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, I think, has played one year more of football or something, or won more games than Luck has and thrown for more touchdowns. He's been out of the league for three years yeah, now. Exactly. Three years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. I don't think he's it played more games. It's the fact that he's won more games uh, well, since Peyton then. was just a winner. Yeah. I missed watching that guy. He's a man, yeah. Uh, and talking about Luck, too, and we talked RG3 before, I think that was the last draft before this one where, like, there was as much... Hyper general hype, right? Around the quarterbacks, yeah. just in general. But but I mean yeah. that was it, and then this was such this, a talented draft class. This draft yeah. class is going to define this league for years. I agree to come. with that. Yeah, for so long, so much talent. Uh, we, we should wrap this up, but I think like the Giants, for instance. I know we're going to talk about them all the time. Uh, their two third round picks were both graded as second round talents. Um, it's the fact that. There were some surprising picks, like the Niners taking the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, McGlinchley, at nine. That seemed like the first real reach of the draft. And like we said, domino effect. Talent just keeps falling for no reason. Giants get an awesome linebacker in the third round. I'm excited about the Giants draft. It was a great draft. As a person who wanted them to pick a quarterback, I'm excited for the draft. But um, let's get into my second quote. You talked about Josh Rosen. I was going to bring up another quote from him, which is, the chip on my shoulder is only growing bigger. And it was about the same kind of thing. But since you took that, I'm going to switch to a non-draft NFL quote. Cool. Not mentality um, right now. <laughs> I, promise, I promise y'all it won't happen again this year, what happened last year. There won't be any animosity between players. No disrespect in the coach. There will be none of that. New York Giant football is back. Tell me <sighs> what player said this. And I'll give you a half point for telling me why he said it too. But See, I feel... Uh, I feel like... Like, it's not Odell, no. because, like... Just not. <laughs> yeah, it, like, I feel like I would have heard about it more if it was. I'm going to go with... Big defensive player. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Oh, I'm stuck between two. I'm going to say Eli Apple, because he was the one with the problem. That is a good guess. But is it Landon Collins instead? No, no, no. Is it? It's Norris Jenkins no. from the defensive backs. That was a tough quote, I know. So I get half, right? I'll give you a half, half for it. Yeah, I, sure. Why not? I knew it was <laughs> the last one. Yeah, got to be generous. <laughs> Um, we'll talk about this quickly because we did talk about the Giants. Let's talk about what we had been getting into just a bit, which is Pat Shermer and the new um, regime almost, the new coaching staff and the new GM for the Giants. 
We saw Gettleman's influence on the draft. He never trades down. You know, they, Panthers fans were saying that. Like, oh, the Giants think they're going to trade down to two, or from two? No way. He's never done that before I didn't the want Panthers. To, to be honest. And I think we're happy with who he got. But we saw his... Um, the importance he places in the trenches, on the offensive line and the defensive line. We got a big guy in Will Hernandez in the second round. We got multiple defensive linemen when I thought we needed depth in the defensive backs. But um, it was a draft that, overall, I'm really happy with. Uh, like we said, you can't really predict what these guys are going to do, but like we literally just said, this draft class was stacked of talent. I think teams like the Eagles, who didn't pick till 52 uh, overall, they still got some talent. Uh, Redskins, we were just talking about, they got Darius Geis in the second round. I mean, there's talent. You can look at every single draft class, and you'll find somebody who can make an impact in this league. And that's why that's why I love the draft. You know, I said that this is one of my favorite events of the year, and, I, you know, I really meant it. So Yeah, Pat, uh, one pick that I thought was uh, the Patriots getting Sony Michelle late second that's round. Scary. That's yeah. terrifying. Because he's just the next Deion Lewis. Exactly, um, yeah. The Patriots did pick a quarterback very late. Uh we thought they were going to take the guy the Giants took, Kyle Walletta from Richmond, to be the next Jimmy G. So this kind of cemented the fact that I think, and especially since they got a, a guard first round, that Brady's going to be around for another three to four years. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean. That guy's going to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> apparently. Because no, there was no importance on the quarterbacks from uh, Belichick and Kyle. Although Belichick really wanted to keep Garoppolo. Right. Was that was the big... And, and yeah. it sounded like Brady took an absolute hissy fit. Exactly. And got him traded because he was worried that they were going to... That was their way of pushing him out and right. not giving him another big contract. So... Interesting. Yeah. And now they put their faith back in him by not picking Lamar Jackson with the two picks they how had. That, how about that story about a week or two ago that all of a sudden said Brady has not committed to the next year? Yeah. Did anybody think that he wasn't coming back? No, like, not at all. I thought that, it was a greater chance that Gronk would. Right. That, that, guy, with him. that yeah. guy would never lose the Super Bowl and retire. No, no, no. He wouldn't be able to live with himself. He's going out on a win. Or when he realizes he can't play anymore. Right. And I don't know when that's going to happen. So I think he's going to go out with one more. He Super saw Peyton go out on the yeah. He's yeah, not yeah, yeah, never. He can't, yeah. Um, but really, we did talk a lot about the Giants, so I don't want to take too much time more. But I am excited with the new coaching staff we have. Uh, Coach Vito had been talking last week about character and culture in the locker room. And that's something the Giants did not have with Ben McAdoo. No chance. Uh, we heard it all the time from our Eagles and Cowboys fans. What a joke of a coach he was this year. And to uh, have he didn't help with the way he dressed. No, with nothing, the hair. Nothing that, he did. Those, yeah. those sunglasses, oh that gosh. hair. Oh. He was like the goofy dad at a barbecue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he wasn't like the cool one flipping burgers. No. He was the guy like hanging but out the with the But the culture and character and the, <laughs> and, the, and the vibe in the locker room was important. Yeah. You saw, you know, again, I keep going back to the Eagles. I'm still riding no, high on that yeah, Super yeah. Bowl win. But like, <laughs> you saw their character. Like, exactly. Anyone, you know, like... Carson Wentz goes down with an injury, and they, I mean, it took a little bit, but they almost didn't miss a beat. They had a couple tough little, you know, game or two where they weren't firing off cylinders. For the most part, they never missed a beat. And they had so many injuries, and they, Jason Peters, who's going to be a Hall of Fame offensive lineman, he went out. Darren Sproles, who's like the the shiftiest player in the league, went out. These guys kept going out, and they kept going. So, Culture and character, like, Giants clearly didn't have that because they were a complete no. mess. But, oh gosh. you know, I'm rooting for them to get it back. It's always more fun when yeah. you're competing within the division like yeah. that. I think we need to, like, find a Meek Mill and just lock him up. And then find, get, find our get, own Meek Mill. I still fans couldn't, I didn't really get, that whole Meek Mill thing went oh, over my head. Well, yeah. and, then, and then we just need a song. Like, we, we need <laughs> our, uh, Giants need a Dreams and Nightmares to intimidate the entire Yeah, Meek Mill is NFL. something the, the Philly fans rally behind for the Sixers and the Eagles. 
I did not really get it. Let's bring, yeah. in, let's bring in Sister Jean instead. Sister Jean. Yeah, find her own Sister Jean. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Jack, go to your final quote. Um, All right, switching over to the M- yeah, NBA. I have an NBA as well, so yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I'm burnt right now. I'm ready to go home. I'm tired. I want to go home. This is a gimme. Yep, yeah, I'm going for the clean sweep, baby. Uh, after a huge game seven yesterday, this is LeBron James after his 45-point performance against the Pacers. Yeah, yeah. so this game, it means a lot, so I'm going to get into it. So well, first, wait, before you do, can I do my final quote? Why? Is it, is it the same thing? No, it's, it's oh, pretty close. Okay. Uh, when do we start? I'm ready to take it to another level. Who said it? Uh, when do we start? In a text message to his trainer. When do we start? I'm ready to take it to another level. After the game yesterday. This I'm going to go... This should be a gimme. It was all over. I didn't see this. I didn't, I didn't see, see this one either. Yeah. I'm going to just say Oladipo. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My thought for that was because he went through a lot of training this past summer and like completely transformed his body. Yeah. And the fact that he lost... Um, Old Let's talk about the game, Jack. So, yeah. so now we can just kind of combine everything together right. into this last section. So, first of all, LeBron nails his first seven shots. Mm-hmm. Really awesome start to the game. Looking like old school LeBron coming out. Not like old school LeBron. It's consistent LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. Um, yeah. Went 11 of 15 in the rest of the half. Uh, the rest of the Cavs were 10 of 32. Oh, my gosh. And at one point, James had 38 points while everyone else combined had 37. Wow. That just goes to show you how dominant he was in this game. He put up seven assists, nine rebounds as well. And then the cramps hit, and he left. This, right. this, this came after him saying to the entire crowd, too, that I'm playing I'm the whole game. I'm playing 48, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, formidable effort, but LeBron's aging right now. He, <laughs> he had to come out for a little. And to me, I kind of I didn't, I, I wasn't sold on that, to be honest. Mm. That was kind of my LeBron out, where if they had lost, it wasn't his fault. Oh, interesting, th- interesting. That was like, I well, had cramps, like wait, I couldn't. When he sat out, the Cavs went on like an 8-0 run or Kevin something. Love. Exactly. Kevin Love came back exactly. alive. He came back from the dead. And Tristan Thompson had a great game That's as well. That's what they needed, yeah. So he's lucky that that happened, yeah. because besides that, it, they still only won by what? What was the final score? Uh, four points. Only a four-point four point game. I'm looking so, at the stats right now. It's interesting because the plus-minus stat is something we've brought up a lot in the past. Even even when LeBron went I'll back in, there was like eight twenty-five <laughs> left in the game, and he shot like two or four, and I don't know. Sure. He, he wasn't as good as as he started out. Definitely tired, but he still scored forty-five points. I mean, he was course, the factor. Yeah. Of course, and it, even so, it's just still consistently not enough for this Cavs team. So that's why we're just barely enough right now. Exactly. Yeah. I'm looking ahead, and they got the Raptors. Now the Cavs always end up beating the Raptors, but Not maybe this, this is the Not year this that the year. Raptors can take them down. Looking ahead even further, we have the Sixers, who I think are coming out of the East, going to the final, or even that young the Celtics, Celtics team. Great. That yeah, young yeah. Celtics team. I think any three of those teams can easily take down the Cavs. It's not even. I think the Celtics will lose a little steam. They, yeah. they don't have enough. I agree. They don't no. have enough firepower. They don't have one guy who can take over a game. While they have a good collective core yeah. there, but imagine if they had Kyrie or Gordon Hayward. Oh yeah. my goodness. They would or be able both. to. They yeah. would be able to. They would probably be the favorite if they had. That's what I was going to say. Had, definitely. Definitely, yeah. if they had both, they'd be the favorite. If they had Kyrie, they'd probably be right there. Yeah, I've, I've talked a lot to people who. I think we a lot of people agree that next year, assuming all the Celtics are healthy, and I think they have another draft pick coming up in the next season, another asset. 
The Mets just keep giving them drafts. Well, no, no. I think, I think that's over. That's fine. We're done it's this over. year. It's yeah, over yeah. this year. Yeah, next year. But I think the Put Celtics... Put us out of our misery. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I think the Celtics are going to be 2019 NBA Finals favorites. That would be my hot take of the day. But I don't think it's that crazy because you have Terry Rozier who just showed up this series. His beef with Eric Bledsoe, one of my favorite things. He, told, he called him Drew Bledsoe. Eric said uh, Rozier who or whatever. The, the, the game seven, the Celtics chant, uh, who is Bledsoe at him? And then Drew Bledsoe himself, the uh, Patriots, not legend, but former player, comes on the screen and he's like, let's go make some noise. It was awesome uh, for a guy who's not a big Boston fan. But they have Tatum as well, Jalen Brown. I was saying there's a potential trade here. They've talked about both Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard. I think they have enough assets between picks, Rozier, and one of those two young wings to get Anthony Davis. Now, I'm, that's kind of crazy. I'm, I don't know what they're looking to do. First of all, I don't think Anthony Davis is going to leave after this strong playoff Let's push. see what happens to Marcus Cousins. I, yeah. I think I think they both come back, to be honest. Wow. I I'm still it, not I convinced that that pairing can work. Yeah, it's weird. Right? I, I wasn't either, but the fact It definitely that, was working this year, but I'm not sure. It doesn't win you a championship. I don't think so. If Rondo plays like playoff He's Rondo, not going to keep playing like that. I mean, he looked great in that Regardless, series. Regardless, yeah. I am not sold on... Anthony Davis coming over. I'm not sold more on the fact of the Celtics giving up some of this young talent because I think they're set yeah. for a while yeah. with this group. I think if they can keep them around and develop them, we're looking at an Eastern version of the Warriors. I think we wow. can get a super team out of young talent, young unknown talent. I think I think the biggest problem with them, they have too many players in the one same position. Because uh, Kyrie's obviously the point guard. You can play, I guess, Jalen Brown, the shooting guard. My problem is there's so many guys who fall into the small forward-ish category between Hayward, Tatum, and Brown especially. Those three guys have shown they're all talented enough to deserve starter minutes on this team. Um, and you can't really do that. I think if you put all three of them in the lineup, and obviously we didn't see Hayward play on this team at all because of that tragic injury on opening day. Um, but if they can figure it out, and I don't put it past Brad Stevens, who is a hell of a coach, um, like I just said, I think this team's the favorite for next year, and they're. I, I like that com- comparison, Jack. You got to see I where think, LeBron ends up. Yeah, where does LeBron? You, we only have like a couple minutes uh, left. Where is LeBron? LeBron in Philly, I think, is the <laughs> that's what uh, most terrifying thing ever. To ever. have to go up against not one but two LeBrons <laughs> in a game plus Embiid, <laughs> that is scary. And just the young talent. I just have a have. hard time seeing him in Philly. It's weird. I don't know why. Yeah. Like I could have seen him in Miami. Like yeah. I could have seen him I could honestly see him going to the Lakers. Sadly, I can't yeah. see him going to Philadelphia. I hope he does though. Uh, crazy enough because I'm a Nets fan but I don't feel that rivalry. There I don't is, feel like connection. Well the, the problem with the Nets is they have no rivals right it's now. It's like yeah. the, the, the Knicks really don't have a rivalry. Yeah. It's basically I keep saying it. well, it's the Knicks, basically the Nets. The Nets and the Knicks just try to fight over who's worse. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's although true. I would say as a <laughs> Lifelong Nets fan, you know Jason Kidd will be always my favorite player. But yeah, like, Jason Kidd's awesome. The, he, he, he's not a great human being, but he's no, a no. great player. <laughs> I'm psyched he's going to the Hall of Fame. But yeah. the Nets are definitely, to me, on a better track than the Knicks. I agree. I don't I see agree a single path with for the Knicks. I see a path for the Nets. I do. My, Especially the Porzingis injury. I agree with that. The Porzingis injury scares me. I think if Porzingis comes back and plays how he did... But do you see a path for them? You see Porzingis. I know he's the best player on either team, but do you see an actual plan of action? My my only only path I see is taking Mikal Bridges or Colin Sexton and not doing the New York move and getting Trey Young. I think that's the only way where we have a solid starting five of... Let's say, let's go Trey Burke or Moutier. They're all right guard. But then you got uh, Tim Hardaway... 
Macau Bridges, Porzingis, Cantor. I think those three I mean, at the bottom, bad. plus Hardaway, who I still believe in, I think is solid enough to make something out of it. Yeah, but then we have to But it really that. all depends on draft this year and Porzingis. Porzingis. I love Sean Marks, the new GM of the Nets. Oh, yes. He's the man. He's a San Antonio Spurs guy. guy yeah. yep. So I do agree that the Nets have a path, a plan of action. But well, see, it all comes back to and the And they get draft picks. They yeah. finally get draft picks yes. after Billy, Billy yes. King screwed us all yeah, Billy King's the worst GM of all time. That's that's not even a hot take. That's just a fact. No, uh, we'll end it. Terrible. I'm going to say, ever since Tony Reale brought it up on our show, I think LeBron to Philly is going to happen. And I'm not that opposed to it. I think that would be pretty cool. I'd like to see him stay in Cleveland. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't think it's almost happen. like I just want him to be a normal human yeah, being yeah, yeah. and like stay with. He did the Miami thing. He right. told, it was like quote unquote going to college for him. He came back, was a better person. He brought them. I don't them, get that. Like, he why brought was he them the first time. He brought them because there was no one teaching. <laughs> right, he, right, he was right. teaching himself That's the whole yeah, time. Fair, fair. You know, he brought the Cleveland championship. He could sit there for the rest of his career and be just this. The man, yeah. and I would like to see him stay there. But I honestly, there's definitely a good chance he leaves again. But hey, thanks for having me on. No problem. Yeah, this is yeah a lot thank of fun. you. It's a blast. And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's the last episode recorded at CBA, but it's the last class or recorded during class time. So uh, pretty historic. You I guys think did Jack, a great job. I think Jack won the overall record, but I, I finally smart, got a win. He's smarter than you. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you so much, Mr. Lutz, for coming on, Jack. It's been a great year, and. Uh, For the whole Senior Quotes podcast, I'm Aiden Broderick, signing out.